but the rule was to be in the league, you have to have appeared in a superhero movie. Now, everyone else in the league, other than me and Joe, are actual superheroes. We sneak in under the wire because Joe and I both have cameos in Avengers Endgame. Joe also has an, a, a cameo in Winter Soldier as well. But I have all their numbers, right? And so, and some of them ask me for advice in other leagues as well. But just the idea that you're sitting there talking trade with Paul Rudd or Chris Pratt or Chris Evans is just, that sort of is mind-blowing as well. Matthew Barry is the senior fantasy analyst for ESPN and widely regarded as a leading voice of fantasy football and fantasy sports everywhere. Previously named Marketer of the Year by the Academy of Marketing Science for his role in fueling the national growth of fantasy football, his love-hate column he pens and his on-purpose love-hate persona continues to drive his brand forward. It's for this reason he gets 10,000 plus, that's right, 10,000 plus comments per day on his social feed. We dig into that history on the pod, including when ESPN acquired his business, key industry tipping points, the future of fantasy, daily betting, and his successful Fantasy Life app. Don't leave without hearing his pick for a special fantasy performance on Super Bowl Sunday and the fun celebrity leagues he partakes in. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I think there's a couple of moments where I sort of pinpoint it, right? Uh, There's sort of me personally and then just the world in general. And I'll start with me personally. So for me personally, it was 2005. So 2005, I had been writing for Rotor World for about four and a half years. I started towards the end of 1999 writing for them. In 2004, I had left Rotor World to start my own website, talentedbusinessrotor.com. Again, like at Rotor World, I made, I think at the very end of my quote, Rotor World career, I think I was making $50 a column, <laughs> something like that, $25, $50 a column, something like that. Like nothing. Like I never made more than $100 a week from there. And I always wrote multiple columns a week. So, uh, so, but people in 2004, people were starting to make money on the internet. Not significant amounts, but people were starting to, uh, I mean, you know, uh, individuals, I mean, not, you know, not big corporations. And so, but I, you know, I was just, I was miserable, honestly. And so I've written about this in my book, but I was just personally miserable. I was in a, I was in a marriage that was breaking apart. I was, uh, I was in show business, but I, uh, and I was doing very well. I was, I was, uh, successful, but I didn't enjoy it. Like I didn't enjoy it at all. And so, you know, 2004, I was waking up every morning. I was going to bed every night thinking about this, this small little blog slash website that I'd started, this talentsmisswrote.com that had, you know, at the time, maybe 2,000, 3,000 kids on it or something <laughs> like that. And But that's all I focused on as opposed to these, you know, these movie scripts that, you know, big movie stars had, had agreed to be in and that we were being paid, you know, nice money to write. And, and so that was sort of a an epiphany to me. So I would say that 2005, I felt like there was enough there that I could try to make a living at it. Now, I didn't think I was going to make a good living at it. I remember saying to my writing partner, I had a writing partner that did, I did TV and movies with. I remember saying to Eric, saying, uh, listen, I'm probably going to wind up making like $10,000 a year, but I don't care. I just got to chase happiness. The only thing I got to chase happiness. And the thing is, is this, this fantasy football thing, this, this fantasy sports thing, like it's really fun. Like I, I really love it. And I feel like if more people are exposed to this, they'll also enjoy it. Like, cause it's not a weird thing, you know, like it's, you know, I don't think I'm a super weird guy. Um, like the things that I like outside of fantasy sports, like 
I like Springsteen. I like superhero movies. I, you know, like <laughs> I like Vegas. I like pizza. Like I, the things I like are super mainstream. And so it's like, it's like, and I also like fantasy sports. So I felt like that if just more people became exposed to it, more people would like it. And that, you know, that I felt like there was enough people on this website that I, I, there was something in me in 2005 that felt like, okay, there's enough here that I think I might be able to eke out a living. Okay. Fast forward to 2008. I've been at ESPN for a year. And, um, you know, in 2007, ESPN ended up buying my website and moved me out there and, and, um, installing me. But 2008, in terms of uh, one specific moment, um, I'll never forget this. Uh, ESPN decided to have a, we had some deal, I want to say with Verizon. And uh, we, we had a, we were going to do a fantasy football draft party. Right, mm-hmm. that it was just going to be a um, like a, a kickoff of the season, and and, and so we were going to um, uh, we there was this uh, a bar in New York City called Brother Jimmy's. There's a de- decent amount of them uh, there. As like a, it's a sports bar, uh, you know, I think barbecue place. And so anyway, so it, we just announced like we had a little podcast that we were doing, and uh, I remember we just announced it on the podcast and we put it online. Like, hey, we're going to do this fantasy football kickoff party you know, at, at brother Jimmy's in New York city on this date in August. And, uh, you know, we'll give away some prizes and we'll, you know, talk about some picks and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so we get there and, uh, we, we pull up and I, I remember literally saying like, uh, the driver said something to me, like, like, who's in town? I go, what do you mean? He goes, look at that. Look, look, it's a line across uh, down, you know, around the corner. There was a line to get into Brother Jimmy's down the street around the corner, and I'm like, holy crap. They're here for me. They're they're here for fantasy football. Like and that that like it it crystallized for me because you're sort of you know you're in front of a computer screen, you're not really that was the first time like I'd ever done an event like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like I had no idea if anyone was gonna show up, if anyone's reading, like you're just you know, you're just behind a computer screen. And this is pre. This is before Twitter. This is before social media. Again, two thousand eight, and so uh, like you just have no idea. And then you get there, and literally New York City in August, you know, and people are sweating, and they're just they're sta- they're lined up around the corner, down the street, around the corner, around the whole building, like, and you know, I mean, that was like a like wow. So that was a moment where I was just like, okay. There's something here. And back then, so pre-Twitter, which we'll yes. talk about in a second, how were you, and it sounds like you weren't, you, you, you didn't know, so you, you couldn't, you, you weren't engaging or you, you didn't have the ability to engage as much as obviously one can now with Twitter, but comments on uh, comments on your blog or I guess when you're live with somebody, you, you get to hear feedback. Like, How were you getting feedback back then? emails yep. so two things i mean you you were able to comment on uh, um <clears throat> you were able to comment on columns on espn and um I, I remember bill simmons used to you know you could never comment on bill's columns <laughs> and uh, i was always jealous of that no i mean li- listen i mean I, i'd say this not as a knock against bill this is a, a point of admiration to bill because bill's point was like because espn's policy was we could never comment back to people Right. I mean, we always had, you know, turn the other cheek and the whole thing. And and so Bill's point was like, if I can't comment back to them, why should they be allowed to comment on my work? Right. And I'm like, I 100 percent agree with that. But um, I didn't have the kind of juice that Bill did. <laughs> right, so, right. 
So you could, you, they, you know, so Bills was like, yeah, I'm not allowing comments on my, on my column if I can't, you know, kind of fight back, uh, as it were. And so, um, uh, so anyway, uh, you know, so yeah, there were comments on my column and it was, you know, it's typical, I mean, you know, like, you know, don't read the comments, they're wrong, you know? So, so I mean, I, you know, you would get, I got, you know, I would get a lot of positive feedback, but you know, it always get, you know, um, you know, people that didn't like you and, uh, some jerks, especially because by the way, my style, I don't know, David, how familiar you are or your listeners are with my specific style, but so in terms of especially then, 2007, 2008, when I just got to ESPN, like I write, I write columns that are very self-involved, very egocentric, you know, that are, you know, sort of all about me, that always start with a story about me that then transition. And, uh, you know, there were people that were very much like, um, who is this guy? You know, just get, just tell me who to start and sit. Shut up. No one cares about you. Blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, mine's a, a very different style. And, um, uh, and so anyway, so there was that, there was just, you know, the general, you know, uh, general, anyone that puts stuff out in uh, public is going to get negative comments. But then there was also like, I was just a very different kind of style for fantasy sports and ESPN uh, in both those areas. And so people were just like, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, definitely had a strong reaction to me. So you'd get, so for me, I would get emails and I would get, um, I would get comments on the column. Uh, and by the way, and you know, I would, this was a, a recurring theme of mine, which was that I would, uh, you know, that I, w- I would always publish emails. I would publish, I'd publish hate emails. I would publish positive emails. I would go back and forth. So I would always do that. Back when I had my talent to Mr. Roto's site, I also had a message board as well that I was uh, highly interactive on. Well, lo- love, love or hate that type of personality, <laughs> I think it's – but it's critical to develop one's own brand or persona. Otherwise, you're just, uh, I guess, a, a stats guy with th- this is who I love or this is who I don't love. There's, there's no ability. You're just quick one-word answers, and that's not, that's not how anybody really develops a brand, I wouldn't think. Uh, David, a hundred percent. I have to tell you that, I mean, um, I mean the, that style, I, you know, I always felt like that there were a million guys that are sort of like, you know, start Carson Wentz, you know, uh, whatever bench Marcus Martin, bench, whoever, right. Um, bench Eli, uh, bench Daniel Jones, pick a guy. Right. So I always felt like there's a million guys that could do that. And we're all, it's a finite player pool and we're all looking at the same stats. We're all looking at the same film, but I always felt like, and that if you, if you took like, you know, 10 fantasy football, start, sit type columns and took off the bylines, you wouldn't be able to tell whose is whose. But I always felt like even if you hate me, if you take the byline off my column and you take ESPN off my column and you just put it and said, who wrote that, that you immediately knew, oh, that's Matthew Barry. Hmm. Even if you even if you, you couldn't stand me. And so that was always important to me to, to be unique and to have a very uh, specific voice. And I have to tell you that um, when fans come up to me, they never, they never say to me, hey, man, thanks for Darren Waller this year which was one of my preseason call. He was undrafted and I was just like, this guy's going to blow up and he finishes a top five fantasy tight end. They never say stuff like that. Never say, thank you for Darren Waller. Thank you for being high on Dalvin cook this year. You know, um, <clears throat> thank you for talking me out of Le'Veon Bell this year, whatever. They never, ever mention a pick. They always 
hundred percent. They say, I love the column about when you had the heart attack, or I love the column of taking your daughters to school for the first day, or when you met your wife or, um, you know, or the bullying column or, you know, they, they, or the column about buying your first house. And like, they, they never, ever mention a pick. It's always some personal story that I've shared. And so, you know, I, I can, all I can say is it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. And and you couldn't, you weren't allowed, I guess, to comment back on those those comments people left on your columns, but you certainly can on Twitter. And so how much time do you spend a day looking at comments or engaging with fans now? Much less than I used to, which mm-hmm. is a shame. It's just a real shame because that used to be a big part of what I did um, was I would engage. I would engage with – and negativity too. Like I could always – I could comment back. You just have to be like, you just couldn't get to their, like you couldn't go to their level. Right. And so I would always like back in the day, like if somebody, you know, sent me a negative tweet, you know, I would retweet it and be like, you know, another satisfied customer or, you know, or I would, um, you know, you know, you know, you know, somebody would, you know, mock a, an appearance on TV and I'd be like, yeah, but my tie looked good. Right. You know, or whatever. I would always try to try to make a joke out of it or be light about it. And, um, so you're always allowed to do that. You just couldn't get personal with them or, you know, get down to that level as it were. Uh, but for me now, um, honestly, David, it's a shame, but I don't. So interacting with fans back and forth was always a big part of what I did, but I just, it's too, it's too depressing. It's too negative. Mm. Twitter has become so much more of a hateful place these days. Um, you know, I think that, uh, the atmosphere in this country outside of sports has become, uh, so angry and, uh, you know, so much negativity that goes back and forth that it has spilled over into what I consider to be fairly benign subjects like sports. Right. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, people get very passionate and they, you know, when they're online, they feel, they feel emboldened. They're, you know, whatever keyboard warriors and all that kind of stuff. And they're, um, uh, you know, and they're often anonymous, you know, or you don't know if they are or not. And so it just, it's such a time suck. You know what I mean? And it just, it's so unproductive. And, you know, I'll, I'll give two quick examples about this. Um, you know, the, the short answer is none. Right. But like, I remember one time, you know, looking at it and like, I don't know, I, I decided to do a count like after, a um, on a NFL Sunday, you know, I just decided to do a count and I went through and I found like something like, I don't know, I want to say like 60, 75 negative comments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Understand I get about 10,000 comments a day, but, um, you know, so 75 negative comments and you're like, you know, listen, I have a million followers on Twitter, 75 negative people out of a million is, you know, point oh 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 you know one percent or something like that right it's such a minuscule point on the other hand scrolling through it and seeing 75 people in a row saying you suck you suck you suck (laughs) like that sucks it's no fun that's depressing and so and you know you're you are i don't know how anyone else's condition i'll just say this i could have nine people say you're the best you're the goat you're awesome i love you you're you know you're amazing i love this story i love that you know thank you for this recommendation that recommendation help me win my league blah 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 blah. nine people say the you know say things that even my mom wouldn't say right and Mm -hmm. one person's like ah, i think you suck 
and like you just focus on the one negative person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I used to do that. And so for me, I just, it, I don't know. It just became too much of a, too much of a time suck. So I just didn't want to do it. Like just, it's not a, you know, I don't think Twitter as a platform has done a, they've gotten better at it, but I don't think, you know, I still think they, um, they really struggle, um, in terms of, you know, curbing, uh, curbing, you know, just awful online behavior. Not saying like, I, you know, like, I don't care about if somebody says like, Hey, I disagree with you and here's why and gives me a, a cogent argument or as a, as a respectful disagreement. Fine. You know what I mean? It's sports. Everyone's got an opinion. I'm okay with that. It's just when people get personal, when people get, um, you know, when start bringing your family into it, start, you know, bringing religion into it, just, you know, then you're just like, all right, you know what? Nothing good comes from this. How, how much, uh, uh, conversation did you see increase around your, your content, your, your podcast and everything you're doing in the past year after the Supreme court ruling and, and, you know, giving states the ability to legalize on their own or the increase of daily betting. How's that affected you? You know, while you were, you were set up originally for this mass fantasy space, people are still looking for the same types of statistics and information too. Uh, I'm not trying to change. Like you're saying, like post PASPA, like yeah. I, I'm my, just curious. Like, is that was that another? You know, you're talking about different tipping points for you. Was that another tipping yeah. point in terms of conversation? In terms of conversation, no. I mean, the tipping points have been honestly just, um, honestly, the the continued popularity of fantasy, the continued you know popularity of me. Not to be, but like you know, we so I, we do a podcast. You know, I, I do a podcast on ESPN called Fantasy Focus, and does very well for us. And I believe, according to Pod Track, it was like one of the top twenty podcasts overall last September. Wow. I mean, you know, like forget sports, forget fantasy, like just overall, like, you know, on the same list as, you know, whatever as, as serial and, uh, you know, and the daily and everything like that. Right. And so, um, you know, it's a very popular podcast. And so, and we interact a lot with that. And so that podcast actually is broadcast live on Twitter every day. You could go to Twitter and watch us do the podcast. We do it live for an hour in front of cameras and, it's also broadcast on ESPN's YouTube channel, on ESPN Fantasy's Facebook page, on the ESPN app. So it's like it's distributed in all these different areas. And then it's obviously distributed as an audio product. And then also we cut it up. So we talk for an hour and we'll you know, say we spend whatever, two minutes on Alshon Jeffrey. They'll cut that two-minute clip of Alshon Jeffrey and feed it to everyone that's in the ESPN Fantasy app that has Alshon Jeffrey on their team. Mm. Which I mean, you know, Alshon Jeffries and you know is is rostered in every league, you know, and we have you know millions upon millions of leagues, and so you open it up and say like, can you trust Alshon Jeffrey on Saturday? The fantasy focus gang weighs in, and then you you see like me and Field Gates talk about it, or Stefania Bell talking about you know Alshon's injury outlook, and so um, it's just the distribution of fantasy. I just think the popularity of it has become more and more, and so you know my my column still does you know you know, really, really nice numbers for ESPN, you know, uh, our fantasy show fantasy people now does, uh, really, I think, I think we're the highest rated non live event show on ESPN two in the fall. Uh, I know the fantasy show on ESPN plus, which is my daily TV show is one of the highest rated studio shows on ESPN plus. And, and I know that column does, 
I think it's, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's very high up in terms of, you know, the most read content on the site. And so, um, uh, you know, and I think, listen, I, I think I do a nice job, but I also think that's, you know, the, um, people getting used to my style and also, uh, the job that ESPN has done in terms of, uh, amplifying the content to people that want it. And so, um, I've sort of dodged your question a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I think there's – I'll circle back to that and answer your question, which is um, there's been an amplification of and an increase in conversation and interaction around my content, but I don't ascribe it to post-PASPA. Mm-hmm. I ascribe it to, you know, I think I do a good job and I think ESPN does a good job of amplifying and packaging my content to those people that are interested in it or, you know – uh, would like to be exposed to it, you know, and then it, we've done a good job of hooking them and uh, making them want to come back for it. And and with Super Bowl days away, what's Miami for you? Work, fun, combination? What's it, what, are, what are you doing oh, yeah. during the day? All the above. I, I'm going to go back to your past comment, though, because I feel like I didn't give you what you wanted, which is here's what I will say about that. I got a lot of questions about post-PASPA saying, like, oh, are you worried about fantasy? Maybe I'll address it this way. Are you worried about fantasy mm. in a post-PASPA world? And for me, um, the answer is no, because I'm always like, well, that question presupposes that like no one was gambling on sports right. up until now. Gambling is insanely popular, has been insanely popular for a long, long time, whether it's offshore, whether it's the bookie down the street, whether it's Vegas, you know, in places where it was legal. But people have been gambling for years and years and years. It's a multi-billion dollar industry the day before the Supreme Court, Supreme Court overturned PASPA. Now, it does mean that in a post-PASPA world, I think there are more business opportunities for people like myself that have a large audience of uh, and platform for uh, of fantasy players because we know fantasy players translate, uh, you know, well to uh, to sports gamblers, and so I think you know my audience is going to be very interested in that. But um, no, I think you know, I mean. Again, I think uh, there'll be an increase in people betting on sports, casual players that hadn't done it before, but now that it's legal in various states will be interested in it. But, but I mean, gambling has been around for a long, long time, as has fantasy. So does that answer that question a little bit better? It does. It does. Okay. So, so tell me about Super Bowl So week. Super Bowl. So Super Bowl week, I think, is a, is a combination. Um, so I'm going to take my wife and uh, kids down. Um, uh, and so we're going to go to the game. So it's, it's vacation in that sense, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a chance to, you know, fo- during football season, I work, uh, basically seven days a week. And so it's a little bit of a relaxation for me. Um, ESPN doesn't have me doing anything, uh, at the Super Bowl, So it's a, it's kind of an off week for me as it relates to ESPN. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I take that back. I'm doing one appearance, um, for uh, for ESPN uh, with some clients and that kind of stuff, but um, <clears throat> uh, nothing nothing public facing, and um, so I'm always happy to do that, excited to do that. But uh, so it's it's a reward for you know my my wife and kids who uh, you know don't get to see me as much as they would like during football season. Um, having said that though, they'll come down on Friday. I'll get there on Wednesday, and so yeah, uh, I have some you know various meetings and you know meeting some people. So it's a combination of business and uh, and fun. And I'll you know go to some parties, and it's always good to reconnect with a bunch of people that you sort of only see couple times a year like i mean like you and i've been friends for a long time but i i feel like we only actually ever see each other is at super bowl or other events i know it's right yep so tell me about the fantasy life app 
and where you are okay. and, and what's next there. Fantasy life app. You know, honestly, that's one of the things that we'll be meeting about while I'm in uh, while I'm in Miami. So the fantasy life app, for those that aren't aware, is a uh, it's a free app. It is a social community for uh, DFS players, fantasy players, and sports gamblers. And it's something that I have a contractual carve out with ESPN to be able to own and promote. And so, but what we are is we are best in class in terms of our alerts. Our alerts. David are um, second to none, and um, you know if you if you look at our reviews on the App Store, we're at five stars on Android, we're four point eight plus on iOS, with over a thousand reviews on each, and every single review is just like fastest alerts in the business. You know, get alerts here, you know, five minutes faster than anyone else, ten minutes faster than anyone else, and we actually have screenshots and case studies where people will say like, oh, I was in I was in Vegas. Um, when I got the alert that, uh, that, uh, Sam Darnold was going to miss the, the, um, the Browns Monday night game because of mono. And so I was able to get a bet down Browns minus three before the line moved, you know, um, uh, you know, so like literally the, that's how fast our alerts are. It's like, we wow. literally, we, we beat the book in, in, in Vegas. We beat, um, we often, you know, help you get to the waiver wire faster like every single time. And so, um, is that so access or is that technology? It's both. Yeah. It's, um, we don't break news. We amplify news that other people have broken okay. faster than anyone else. And that's okay. technology yep. is what that is. And so, um, uh, and basic, and so the, this, it's done very, very well. We're, we're installed now on a, we've done $0 in marketing, right? It's been sort of my social feed and word of mouth and everything like that. We're on, we're installed on over half a million devices at this point. We, um, uh, we have a 95% opt-in rate for our alerts. We are at 65% retention after six weeks. Uh, people on the app spend about 12 minutes a day on the app, 15 on Sunday. And so I don't know if you know anything about the app world. I knew nothing about the app world when we started this. Um, but I am told by people that are very smart um, that those numbers are astronomical, and those are insane numbers. And so, um, you know, we're in the middle of raising money, uh, we're doing a fundraise mm-hmm. for it, and um, you know, we're excited about the uh, the prospects of it because, again, this has all been sort of organic and word of mouth, and um, it's a small team, uh, but the tech is really good. It's a great community, and um, you know, so uh, and it's a hundred percent free app, so. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a fun ride so far. And tell me the tell me the one celeb that is in your one of your fantasy leagues or ones that you can share that's DMing or private messaging you about advice that you laugh and think I never thought I would get to the spot where X is calling in and needs to know what quarterback to play this week. I mean, there. I mean, like any of them, honestly. Uh, there's a zillion. I'll I'll tell you. I'll give you two quick ones, um, because I can't choose. Yeah. Um, so it's not it's not me being name droppy. It's being uh, not wanting to choose. But um, so you know, uh, Jay Z. If you follow me on social media, you've seen this. Like, I've been at Jay Z's league for the last um, been at. Like, they invite me to their draft. I'm in, in the league, but I've I've gone to Jay Z's draft. You know every year for the past eight years. And so, um, you know, it's, a you know, just the idea that I have Jay-Z's cell phone number is a little insane. Right. And so, um, or that I spend, you know, once a year, you know, once a year I spend about four hours sitting, you know, like basically next to him. Um, so, uh, that's been very cool. It's been a lot of fun. I've told that story before. If you follow me on social media, you've seen that before. Uh, and then the other one is, um, 
the other one is is that I'm you know I'm I'm in a league. Uh, this was very public as well. I'm in a league with a bunch of actors that have played superheroes. Did you, did you see any of this? So we did this did, thing. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so I'm, uh, so Joe Russo, who is, uh, along with his brother, Anthony directed Avengers Endgame, Avengers and infinity war, Captain America's war, Captain America, Winter soldier, you know, massively successful writer, director, producer. Um, and he had this, him and I had become friends through fantasy football. I've written about this before. And Joe, you know, Joe actually put me in Avengers. I have a cameo in Avengers Endgame. And so Joe had this idea, um, he and, and another guy named Guillermo, who Guillermo who works with Chris Evans has for years. And so it's a long story, but the very short version is, is that, um, he decided to do a league, uh, Agbo studios, which is Joe's studio that he runs with his brother, put up a hundred thousand dollars in charity. And we did a, a league, uh, for charity, fantasy football league for charity, raise money and awareness for charity. Um, but the rule was to be in the league, you have to have appeared in a superhero movie. <laughs> now, everyone else in the league, other than me and Joe, are actual superheroes. We sneak in under the wire because Joe and I both have cameos in Avengers Endgame. Joe also has an, a, a cameo in Winter Soldier as well. But um, so, uh, so yeah, and so. I have all their numbers, right? And so, uh, you know, beyond and and some of them, you know, um, ask me for advice in other leagues as well. But just the idea that you're sitting there talking trade with Paul Rudd or Chris Pratt or Chris Evans is just that sort of is mind blowing as well. Let alone, you know, forget you know asking for advice. But um, and sometimes people will reach out, you know, saying like, okay, my other league, I've got this deal on the table. But um, that league is um, all the Chris's, Hemsworth, Pratt. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Evans, uh, Paul Rudd, Tom Holland, who's Spider-Man, Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, Deadpool, right? Robert Downey Jr. I mean, it's, you know, uh, Anthony Mackie. If you go to ESPN.com slash superhero, you can see the entire league. And so it's like 14 people and it's, you know, Karen Gillan and Elizabeth Olsen and, um, Michael B. Jordan. And I mean, just anyway, it's just sort of insane. That's and insane. Uh, yeah. All right. Cl- close with the one player this weekend that is going to surprise many and have a good game. The one player this weekend that will surprise many and have a good game or a better um, game or a better game than what many would think. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'll say Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Uh, listen, I think the chiefs win. I think the chiefs win a close one. But I think that everyone's sort of focusing on Mahomes, and so much of the conversation is going to be around Mahomes. And I think Mahomes has a great game. But I think Garoppolo does too. I think Garoppolo plays well. I think Kansas City will try to stop the run, which is what they do, and they're going to try to make Garoppolo beat them. And I think I think Garoppolo plays well. So there you asked you asked me for a surprising player that does better than I think people think. I'll say uh, I'll say Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's the bond. There's plenty more to come.